Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hey, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, the podcast where we talk about money, how to make it, how to invest it, how to keep it, how to use a team, and all sorts of interviews happen here on money making and investing economic issues. Today, I have Fabrizio with me, who actually has an amazing uh, just entire business model around aviation and private aviation. So he and I connected because I'm uh, one of the only probably women that have owned aircraft privately for on my own, not in the lease program. So uh, welcome, Fabrizio. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into aviation and your passion for it. Yeah, well, I started flying very young, 15 years old, flying gliders, 17. I, I got my first pilot's license uh, before I even learned to drive a car. Um, and then I worked my way up to become a commercial pilot, flew in private jets for a number of years, managed aircraft for owners, managed FBOs, um, sold aircraft, uh, sold flights on private jets, then got into the airlines because I wanted to be an airline pilot, did that for about 13, 14 years. And then I got to a point in my life where listening to a lot of the stuff that, that, that you come up with and Robert Kiyosaki and whatever, I figured there was a lot more in me than just being a pilot. Um, I'd sold aircraft in the past. I'd, I'd done network marketing as well, uh, built a successful downline with a weight loss company. So I knew that, that there was a business entrepreneur in me and that I was robbing my family of a better lifestyle by just flying an airplane. So I got into you know selling aircraft, consulting. Um, mainly now I buy aircraft for people. So when someone needs an airplane, I, I can go out there and find the airplane. I supply pilots to people. And as a result, to promote myself, I came up with uh, the concept of BizJet TV, which is my YouTube channel. And, and I do weekly videos, one or two videos a week. Um, I also write for our buyer magazine, which goes out to 300,000 people read this magazine a month. It gets distributed in all the private jet terminals around the world. Um, and I'm doing a whole series now on private jet owners. And I've also featured yourself, Laura, a few months ago, as you know. And so, yeah, so I talk about aviation. I talk about what's happening. I've also just written a book, which is going to be published in the next few months, uh, both in London and New York, called The Quantum Economy. Um, and that's an interesting take on the future of the economy. So talk a little bit about that. And um, if that's not going to be released into the U.S., then I'm going to do some. It, it, going to, it will be it will be released in the U.S. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Same time. London and New York at the same time. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what's going to be in that book. What's the quantum economy? Well, the quantum economy is, first of all, understanding where we're going as an economy. OK, so looking at emerging markets, looking at technologies, AI, the Internet. Uh, these smartphones, how that is connecting the world like never before, how the fact that information is more available, the, the whole concept of citizen journalist. And we saw what happened with the U.S. election in 2016, where Donald Trump came from not even being a politician to becoming president. Here in the U.K., we exited the, the European Union through Brexit and everybody and all the mainstream media were saying Trump will never be president and the U.K. will never leave the European Union. Well, guess what? Those two things did happen. And social media and smartphones and technology played a big play in that. And so today, with this technology, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, you need to be at the forefront. You need to understand how these technologies are going to disrupt maybe the industry that you're in. I mean, take, for example, the story of Blockbuster, where people used to go and get their, their, their DVDs to watch the movie with their family on a Friday night. Now you no longer need to do that. You just go on Netflix or Paramount or whatever 
the Disney Plus or whichever medium you use, and you can watch as many movies as you want without even moving from the sofa in your living room. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of disruption happening. So as entrepreneurs, we have to read the technology. How's that technology going to affect me, my family, my business? And then you have to look at the geopolitics of the world and understand where the emerging markets are. Now, as all this is happening, if we just look at, for example, there's going to be another two billion people in the next two to three years come online that are going to acquire a smartphone. And this is happening because in, in continents like Africa, where they're building more and more cities, people are moving into the cities. And when you move into a city, the first thing you're going to need is a smartphone. And some countries in Africa, they, they, they only use cryptocurrency and the cryptocurrency transactions happen from the smartphone. You get paid on your smartphone. You pay for your groceries from your smartphone. They're already doing this in Kenya. Um, so in Kenya, people hardly use cash. They use their phones to buy and sell stuff. So as these people are coming on the Internet, the little lady in Nigeria who's got this talent for designing new fancy clothes can suddenly sell her clothes to the housewife in Seattle. Yep. Um, and so she's got this, this client now on the other side of the world. But because she's got smartphones, she can set up a website, an app or whatever. She's now transacting business across continents. Now, what happens when you get to a certain point where we can do Zoom, we can do you know FaceTime, we can talk to people on video? Uh, across the world on our phones, on our computers, you get to a point where you need to have a face-to-face -face meeting. And this is where the private jet comes into it. And the private jet is a big play in the book, Quantum, uh, Quantum Economy, because you're going to need to travel by private jet if you are doing business at a certain level, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be safer, it's going to be faster. Um, you control the schedule of the airplane, you know, all these advantages. And so in the book, I, I talk about, uh, it's about seven or eight different people, including yourself, Lowell, uh, their stories of how the private aircraft, the use of private aircraft, helped them to 10x their business. Um, and so in particular, if you're going into third world countries where 90 percent of accidents happen, you don't want to be going in there with the airlines because you just don't know what type of maintenance they're doing, how the pilots have been trained. You don't want any of that. When you own your own aircraft, you control the maintenance, you control the pilots, the training, you control all of that. And so you make sure that, you know, everything is safe. Yeah. And yeah. that is really, really key. I was going to say, as a single mom, you know, traveling everywhere, you also control the security of you and your family, right? Because you put all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. You put on yeah. a commercial yeah. aircraft. So there's a lot of, there's yeah. so many advantages to that. Now, I want to bring you back just a little bit. Talk, I'm going to go back to the economy and what you're seeing um, and yeah. how, just describe in your perspective, especially from a like, UK perspective, aviation perspective, yeah. how, how has COVID changed us and his economy? Well, COVID has basically, we already knew that the whole digitization of the planet was happening. Yep. We already knew that drone delivery was going to happen. Well, COVID has accelerated all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, the little old lady around the corner now has learned to shop for her groceries on her iPad. Before that, she didn't even know what an iPad was. Then her granddaughter gave her an iPad during COVID, taught her how to use it. And, oh, you can shop for all your groceries on your iPad. It takes five minutes. And then an hour later, they deliver the, your groceries at the door. Oh, wow, that's now, that little old lady is still doing her shopping online because she's seen the convenience. And so the convenience of online shopping is just escalated. Um, drone delivery. I mean, you, you open a restaurant today, you need to start to think, what happens if another lockdown happens and I can't get customers into my restaurant? I need to take the food to my customers. How am I going to take the food to the customers? How can I take the human out of the delivery? Yep. I can deliver by drone. So drone delivery, it was already something that's already been doing. Domino's Pizza delivering pizzas with drones. Uh, that's just going to happen a lot sooner and a lot quicker now. 
because people have just understood that this is the way to go. It's very convenient and it takes certain risk out of your business. If something, another lockdown were to happen um, or for some other reason we can't travel, how are you going to get your goods from A to B? Um, So everything is accelerating even more now because of lockdown. But lockdown has also brought a lot of new industries. I mean, people's mental health has been affected. There's a lot of people, a lot of babies that were born during lockdown that that have, weren't accustomed to seeing other people besides their mom and dad. And now suddenly they're out and, and, and for them it's it's distress because they're like, oh, other people. Oh, and, and people have a mouth because before they were covered with a mask. Um, and this is going to create a generation of people with certain types of problems, which creates another industry. Um, so these are the kind of things that are happening. Uh, but I would say the connectivity through the internet, Zoom, I think people are going to travel less for business because they can use medium, you know, like teleconferencing. Um, but leisure travel has, has increased. You, you can't go on holiday on Zoom. <laughs> you have to travel on a, on a plane. But uh, as far as a lot of business meetings, a lot of companies, what they're doing now is they're saying, do I really need to get on an airplane and travel for three days to go for a two-hour meeting in Tokyo? Can I do this via Zoom? Yep. And uh, so business travel has decreased. But a lot of the business travel that is happening is now happening by private jet. Uh, so, those companies that can afford it, those individuals that can afford it, they're using private jet because the convenience is just an airline travel. Because the airlines are being very cautious now, opening new routes, uh, they're being very careful. And so certain routes, if, especially if you live in cities that aren't that well serviced by the airlines. Now, if suddenly where you are in, ta- in, in Lake Tahoe, if you have to go to New York, there's probably no direct flight. So you maybe have to go to Salt Lake City or Las Vegas, sit there for six hours, hoping that your connecting flight is going to be on time and that your bag is going to be there. Otherwise, when you get to New York, you'll get there the day after or three hours after your conference or meeting, or you'll get there and your suitcase doesn't get there. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. So it's huge. So speak to the aircraft uh, and the private aircraft industry. I think a lot of people uh, know my story, but if you don't, um, it was actually yeah. yesterday um, and we're recording this early January, but yesterday was when my dad passed and it was this week in 2007 when I called a friend who was actually similar brokering uh, private aircraft. And I said, I need to get to Nebraska, like from Lake Tahoe, which is huge destination. I need to get to Nebraska, $29,000 to get picked up. They came from Scottsdale up to Lake Tahoe, picked us up privately and then flew us. And Beechcraft, how smart they are. They said, well, you know, condolences on your father's death. We're actually going to send you back on a free trip. I could pay us this time, but there's one caveat. We're going to put a sales rep in the plane. I I remember dying laughing, thinking, oh, this is so Uh cute. Sales tactic, not a chance I could afford the aircraft, which is totally not yeah. true. But when that thing landed, it never, I mean, the guy flew home commercially or got picked up by another plane and I bought that plane. So it's it's more yeah. affordable. The financing is great. Uh, so speak to those that are out there, educate them about how they could get in and start walking into not just the lease and the net jets and some of those lease programs. Yeah. Because the benefit yeah. as the owner is the depreciation schedule is fabulous. It's one of the top in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. So depreciation schedule. You now it's down at eighty percent. It was one hundred percent up until thirty first of December, but you can still write off eighty percent for the depreciation of the aircraft. You can get financing on the aircraft, but this is what most people look at acquisition and operation of a jet private jet. They look at it from a linear standpoint. So they bring in their C, their CPA and they look at how much is this thing going to cost per hour. Blah 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 blah. That's the wrong way to think about it. Now, the private jet or the private aircraft is an innovation tool. And like all innovation, it can't be measured before you do it. It can only be measured after. So the way you need to think of it is like this. And this is what Grant Cardone said when I interviewed him the first time, when he bought his first Gulfstream G200. And he said, 
that airplane sits in the hangar every day and I and it costs me money every day. So I need to think of ways that airplane can make me money. And that doesn't mean chartering out to somebody else. It means how can I get on that plane and go out and do a deal? Or how can I send that plane out to pick somebody up to come and see me to do a deal? So as long as you can get that airplane moving around and making you do deals that you wouldn't be able to deal do if you flew commercially, that's the way to look at it. And then after 12 months, you've been operating the airplane, you go down your spreadsheet, you said, okay, we did 20 flights this year and we went to 15 meetings. And out of those 15 meetings, we closed 10 deals. How much money do we make out of the 10 deals? We made $100 million. How much did the plane cost you? $20 million. Well, there you go. There's $80 million sitting there in your bank account. It wouldn't be sitting there if you didn't have the airplane. And that's the way to look at it. Now, of course, you've got to have the initial capital to get the airplane. Um, one way to start could be to charter a few flights, see how you get on. But it's not as expensive as you may think. And if you structure it in the right way with the right financing, you can you find yourself getting into an airplane with maybe just a couple of million dollars down payment and the rest the bank will finance. And with $10 million, you, you can get yourself a secondhand, you know, Goldstream G5, which has got 6,000 plus mile range on it, which gets you from where you are to London in one hop. Um, if, if you want to go those distances. And as Grant says, and I agree with him, he said, don't think small, think big. So if you're thinking, I only need to go 2,000 mile radius, no, go and buy yourself an airplane that takes you 3,000 miles. Because if you've got an airplane that takes you 3,000 miles, now you can go more places. You can see more people. You can do more deals in many more different places. And, and also the cabin is usually larger as well. So it's more comfortable to ride in there. You can carry a few more people and then you can send it out to pick more people up. Maybe you have a flight attendant on board and serve some nice food. You know, that side of things is important. It's a good PR thing for you and your company, and your brand. Um, so these are the kind of things you need to think of. You have to very much approach it outside the box and not in a linear fashion like most people do. When they come in with their finance guy and they look at it from a, and, they, and they want to know all the costs. Yes, costs, how much it costs to run is important. You've got to focus more on the opportunities that it's going to generate than the cost of the, of the actual airplane. And that's really the mindset you need to have. And so when, you when you're you know, really consulting and helping people, is it always about the buy or how do you speak about these lease programs that are all over the world? Um, just give a, a little dip variance on the difference. Well, no, well, no. First of all, it's about the person and it's about you as an individual. I need to understand you. I need to understand who's going to be flying with you, your family. Uh, who they are, what kind of people they are, what size they are, what business you're in, what businesses you're looking at going into, what industry you're in, so I can have a bit of an insight into your industry, other places you could go. So I can advise you on what range are we looking at airplane-wise. And then, it, 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 I mean, if, for example, you're in the fashion business where image is really, really important, well, then we've got to have, maybe look for something with a fancy design with the interior. But if you're one of these people that says, you know, I don't care about the interior, as long as it takes me from A to B and I get there and I do my job. Okay, we don't have to worry too much about the interior. So it's important for me to understand who you are before I can advise you. And when people, they ask me, oh, what's better, a Global Express or a Goldstein G550? I can't answer that question until I know who's asking the question. Because based off of the person's needs, then I can understand which is the right plane for you and which whether you need to lease a plane for 12 months or buy one straight away, buy a new one straight away or, or buy a pre-owned one. You know, all these questions I will be able to answer once I know more about you. And then we'll start looking at different options. That I may suggest, look, Laurel, I think that these are a couple of options that would be best for you. Um, should we go and sit in one of these airplanes or maybe charter this airplane tomorrow for your next trip? And then we'll charter the other type of plane next week. And then you come back and you tell me which one you prefer. Because sitting in an airplane on the ground is one thing. 
Sitting in the plane at 40,000 feet is another. The lighting is different up at 40,000 feet than it is on the ground. The noise in the cabin is different. Um, the air is different. Um, so it's important to sort of be in the airplane as well. And particularly if you haven't never flown private before, unless you're somebody like Grant Cardone that just decided, you know what? I've never even set foot on a private jet. I'll just buy this Gulfstream G300, write the check and off we go. Because he was just worried about getting a plane to go from A to B to C to D to do more real estate deals. Um, yeah. And that was his focus. And so he did the right thing. But not everybody's like that. So it's really, really important for me as an aviation consultant. I work for the buyer. If I'm working for you, I need to understand you first. Yeah. Um, so we need to spend some time together, ask you some questions, listen carefully to what you have to say, do some research on your type of business and the market you're in so that I have a better understanding to be able to guide you in the right direction, airplane-wise. So uh, I want to go back to your book. Tell us a little bit of when it's coming out and uh, what are we going to learn in there? What can we look forward to? Well, the, the published date, I'm waiting for the publisher, which is Austin McCauley in London, to give me the published date. We just signed off the other day on the final, um, uh, what do you call it, um, proofread. That's done. Uh, cover design is pretty much finished. Uh, so I reckon it's going to come out anywhere between April and June. It's going to be published both in the States and in, in, in the UK at the same time. What people are going to learn is they're going to learn about the emerging markets. They're going to learn about different places in the world, uh, like Montenegro, for example. Montenegro is a place that not many people know about. Montenegro is on the eastern side of Italy. Okay, And in Montenegro, they have built a port, which is a port for super yachts. And it's the alternative to Monte Carlo. So instead of housing your yacht in Monte Carlo, where you'll be lucky if you find space, and if you do find space, it's going to cost you a lot of money, why not house it on the other side on the Adriatic coast, where you have easy access to the Greek islands, and in Montenegro, they're building a lot of infrastructure, golf courses, apartments, villas, hotels, you name it, to cater for the rich um, and for the wealthy. And so not many people know. And you can also, there's also some very good tax advantages of living in Montenegro and being resident there. And not many people know about Montenegro, but we talk about it in the book uh, because it's one of these places that um, is is part of what, what uh, Robert Frank defined as Richistan when he wrote his book a few years ago, talking about the wealthy people in the world and saying they live in three or four different locations. Well, I think the way Montenegro structured themselves is they have become a bit of a richistan. And so that's a place where wealthy people are, are hanging out currently and more are going to hang out. It's one of those future places, places that hasn't been discovered by the, the mass population of the ultra wealthy. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a place for the future. So that's one, one thing we talk about in the book. Uh, we talk about um, a few other places as well. I mentioned North Korea. I think North Korea eventually will open up. And when North Korea opens up, not many people know that, for example, that the, the, the president of North Korea was actually educated in Switzerland and speaks fluent English. Not many people know that. Uh, and not many people know that they have a lot of natural resources. So as soon as that economy opens up, there's going to be massive amounts of investment. Whoever gets in there soon, quit first is going to make a ton of money. And how are you going to get in there first? With your private jet. So, you know, that, so these are the kind of things that you're going to. And then you're going to learn from stories like your story of when you bought your first aircraft. Uh, Grant Cardone, we talk about Tony Robbins, we talk about a few other entrepreneurs, um, talk about Charlie Mullins, who's a plumber from London that built up his business um, and uh, now has his private jet. So we talk about him um, and we tell the story of how these people met, were successful and how the airplane played a key role. And the big story in, in all these stories is the story of Walmart. Not many people know that Sam Walton did what he did thanks to private aviation. He was a pilot himself. He, he bought an aircraft as a business, as you teach. Um, he started flying around and from the air, spot the right locations to open a new store. 
And so then he started to use the aeroplane to travel from location to location with his team. And then it became two, three, four, five to 30 aircraft is what Walmart operate today. 30 aircraft exclusively for the Walmart group. Um, and the reason why the prices of groceries at Walmart stay so low, it's thanks to the fact that they use private aircraft. And, the, and Sam Walton, and you, if you read his biography, he tells a story and you see how important the private aircraft has been to building the Walmart empire. And, and I tell that story in the book um, and compare it to Tesco's, which is another supermarket chain here in the UK, which decided to get rid of their airplanes. And they started quite a few years after Walmart. But Walmart is a lot bigger because they continue to use the private jet while Tesco used it for a while and then stopped. stopped. Yeah. So it just proves there that, you know, and then we talk about safety as well. And if you do buy a private jet, how you have to go about it, pilot training, the fact that there are a private jet costs 15 times more than flying by the airlines, but it's 10 times more dangerous. They crash more and they crash more. A lot of pilot owners crash because they haven't got the right training. They think because they have a lot of money, they can buy a plane and just, you know, uh, just fly around without proper and adequate training. And it's really, really important to approach your, your training even if you are not a professional pilot in a professional manner and maybe fly with a professional pilot sitting next to you, even if your airplane is single pilot, I always recommend flying too. We just saw an accident happen the other day in Provo, Utah. Airplane took off 10 feet, it cartwheeled and crashed. There was one pilot on board, a friend of his sitting next to him in the cockpit. I'm not sure what happened, whether it was icing or whether the pilot had a heart attack, but you always want to have another pilot with you because you never know. Even if you have to go to the toilet, what are you going to do? At least you can go and the other guy can be flying the plane while you, you go for your bathroom break. So, you know, these are the kind of things. So I talk about the different statistics, how to go about the acquisition of the airplane and the pilots and the, the training and the safety, how that is really, really important. Um, because, you know, during COVID, what's happened now, and this is an interesting one, a lot of people, in particular in America now, are learning to fly. Because I just sold an airplane to a gentleman just before Christmas, and he's got a lot of coffee shops, franchising coffee shops and adventure parks. So he decided, you know what? I'm going to learn to fly. I'm going to buy my own plane. Well, the business is going to buy the plane and the business is going to pay for my flying lessons. So now he uses his little Cirrus S22 propeller airplane to fly to his different coffee shops. And he's building his hours up and his plan is next year to buy a PC-12 turboprop and the following, and then a couple of years later to buy a jet. But he's going to fly all these airplanes. So he's working his way up. But there's a lot, a lot of the flight schools in America right now are full of these entrepreneurs learning to fly and they're going to buy their own plane and they, because... It's become so disruptive now to fly with the airlines that it's more convenient to have your own plane and fly from A to B. And so that's an, an interesting trend that's happening right now. I mean, now there's about 5,000 pilot owners in America, but that number is increasing. Um, and the flight schools are very busy teaching these people to fly. But these people need to make sure they get the right training. And it's not just being trained to the minimum requirement. They need to do a lot more. And if anybody is interested in this, come and have a chat with me. And I can give you more insight on, on, on the pilot training as well. So last question before uh, we uh, tell them where they're going to go uh, follow you and continue is because yeah. of COVID, I mean, talk a little bit about the industry. Um, the car industry's mm -hmm. had you know quite a, a rock and roll through this. I mean, a lot of the industries have been highly disrupted, changed drastically. Um, I spoke about, you know, real estate. Uh, I speak about real estate all the time, how disruptive that is. And we're going to see foreclosures coming through. Economically, what, tell us a little bit about the trend in the aviation space. And I mean, we had talked before this interview, so I just want you to just put it on camera. Mm. That, yeah. you know, the yeah. prices of private aircraft are going to come down a little bit here in 2023. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we saw, it, it kind of flattened for a while because no one was traveling. The airlines, people could, just couldn't travel. So why, why should I buy an airplane if I can't go anywhere? Um, and then as soon as the lockdown started to end, uh, 
we, we noticed the prices went up a bit, but the the inventory went down. I mean, usually when you look on the market, there's about 10 to 12 percent of the private aircraft for sale at all times of the of the worldwide fleet. The number's down at 4 percent right now. But this year, what's going to happen? Because bonus depreciation in America has gone from 100 to 80 percent. And because now the airlines are starting to fly a bit more, private jet travel is decreasing a little bit compared to last year. And there's going to be a bit more inventory on the market and the prices are going to come down a little bit, maybe about five, six percent. But then they're going to stabilize because there's still a lot more new people coming into the market. And those that have experimented private jet travel, they're not going back to the airlines because they just see the convenience and and how much, you know, it it just improves their their lifestyle and their business. Um, and, And as I said, it's the pilot owner market, which is the one that's growing the most, because why not? If you've always wanted to fly, why not learn to fly by your own plane? Business pays for it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So if they want to follow you, um, talk a little bit about your podcast and the book coming out and where they can follow you. Yeah. Well, the best place to follow me is uh, bizjettv.com or go on YouTube and just type in bizjettv, B-I-Z or B-I-Z, as you say in America, uh, Jet TV. Um, you'll find me on there. Um, and that's where I'll be announcing the where you'll be able to get the book um, as soon as it's, it's ready to be launched. Um, and then I have a podcast called Quantum Action, which is about business and thinking outside the box. You can check out Quantum Action on YouTube, but you can also check it on uh, Apple um, Podcasts and, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you'll find Quantum Action Podcast on there as well. Perfect. And make sure you subscribe to this channel. I'm here every Friday. And uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Laurel Langmail, The Millionaire Maker, is out every day on YouTube. So make sure you're getting financially and business literate. It's really important. 2023 could be a change of your life financially. So thank you for Breezy Out. And uh, those of you watching. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.